0: Welcome to the show. On this episode of Enhancing the Human Experience, I sat down with Tracy Larison, and I recently met Tracy at a Transcendental Meditation group practice, which actually coincided with the TM National Day of Meditation, which is an event where meditation practitioners get together and all meditate at the same time, and it creates a uh, quite a lot of uh, positive effects in consciousness and collective consciousness, and is very beneficial for the Transcendental Meditation practitioners ourselves, right? When you're doing something in group meditation specifically, it's beneficial for the meditators and everyone. And so always at these events, I meet new amazing people and get to know them a little a little more. And during the event, we were going around introducing ourselves and, and talking a little bit about our background with meditation or our history with meditation. And Tracy said something that, that really struck me and I knew I wanted to invite her to be on the show to elaborate on what she said and talk more about her experience. She said that meditation and attending Maharishi University of Management, which we'll talk about in the show, was the best education she ever had. Now, I don't know about you, but when someone says something like that to me, My ears perk up and I pay very close attention because if you've listened to the show for any period of time or checked out the podcast before, you know that one of the reasons that I started this podcast is to share information and knowledge that isn't typically talked about in the mainstream. You certainly don't learn it in uh, public schools. We certainly don't learn it from the TV or from uh, movies and educational material that's more mainstream and common. Because we have to realize that, you know, in the West, our culture and civilization was was built on logic and reason and what I call linear thinking. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we need that to a degree. However, we didn't get a lot of the foundational uh, spiritual knowledge or spiritual thinking that, that the Eastern civilizations uh, built their cultures around it's the gap is bridging more and more as time goes on, which is amazing because we're, we're uniting the two aspects of ourselves, you know, spiritual and physical beings, um, logical thinkers and spiritual thinkers. And so it's getting better, but there's still, uh, there's still more we can do. And so when Tracy said that to me, I knew instinctively I was moved in a way, I guess you could call it that I was moved. I was moved to go up to her after the, after the session and introduce myself and ask her if she'd like to be a guest on the show. and, And she said she would, which I was thrilled. And so we recently sat down and talked about her experience with transcendental meditation and all the wonderful activities and, and, experience that she's been able to be a part of because of that. So I really enjoyed this interview and I think you're going to as well. So let me give you a little background on Tracy before we go to the interview here. Tracy holds a bachelor of science degree in ecology and botany from the University of Utah. And it was while studying there at the University of Utah in her last year that she learned transcendental meditation. And it it made such an effect on her. And she was so impressed by the practice and her experience that she then went on to attend a fifth year of higher education at Maharishi International University in Fairfield, Iowa. Now that, that is currently Maharishi University of Management, MUM. At the time it was Me- Maharishi International University. So in addition to doing that, she also got certified to teach the Transcendental Meditation Technique, because as she'll talk about in the interview, she initially thought, "Wow, I've got to teach this to everyone I know." So she was very taken by the by the practice itself, and she then later went on to travel around the world with group meditators, creating coherence in the field of consciousness of universal consciousness. And she talks about that in the interview when that program ended, she returned to Idaho and studied the art of placement, which is commonly known as feng shui. And she ran her own feng shui consulting business for seven years, giving talks in, in and around the area and also private consultations to her clients. And lastly, She was one of the founders and helped open the Center for Conscious Living in Boise in 1999. This is a place where people could come together for weekly lectures on spiritual growth, metaphysical topics, and borrow books, and just experience a variety of uplifting information. So Tracy was really fascinating to talk to, and I think you're going to enjoy the interview. I know that I sure did. So let's get into it. Tracy, welcome to the show. I'm really glad you made time to talk with me
1: thank you so much mark i'm really excited to talk about this it's been a lot of years that have passed since i've had some of these experiences um and i i'm uh, loving the opportunity now to be able to express some of the amazing things that i was able to witness and and live through watching the power of consciousness to transform Um, a society.
0: Yeah, and and that's one thing that, you know, I think we both feel the same way about how Transcendental Meditation has very profound benefits. Why don't you tell us your background with TM and what what brought you to TM initially?
1: Um, I was uh, going to school um, at the University of Utah um, in the sciences, and... um, I became interested in. Someone had handed me a book, and it was a, a book about India, and it was a book about um, people in India that that have a higher consciousness. And I'm I'm from Idaho. Um, it wasn't anything I had ever heard of or been <laughs> exposed to. It was very <coughs> exciting. So my friend and I read these books called The Life and Teachings of the Masters of the Far East. Wow. And, um, and within a short period of time, my friend said that she had found someone who taught a meditation called Transcendental Meditation. So um, at that time, uh, in January of 1974, uh, I learned Transcendental Meditation. And at the moment that I actually started to practice it, I had the thought, "Oh, I've got to teach this to other people. It was such a departure from anything that I'd experienced. And so within the next few years, uh, I did that. Uh, I went to a university where I learned to become a teacher of Transcendental Meditation and uh, just stayed for quite a while uh, because I was I was just learning things, even though I had had five years of college um, when I went to the University of Utah, it was for the sciences, it was for school it was for to to do something with my life in a concrete way. but all of a sudden, a door opened that i thought this 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 will transform people's lives. I have to do this instead so the the schooling that then I went to the then I went to it was called MIU at the time Maharshi mm-hmm. um, International University and it was truly international people from all over it's uh, in Fairfield Iowa and um, we everyone all the students all the staff all the faculty practiced transcendental meditation and so everyone, uh, twice a day, took time out to meditate and, and receive the benefits from that. So, it, you know, the um, awareness of the students, the awareness of the faculty, the sensitivity of the people, um, it always just enhanced as time went on. So you didn't see um, some of the things that you saw behavior-wise at other universities. You, you truly felt that everyone was there for everyone's best benefit which is such a gift and um, they had uh, the first year course which i took was called the core courses and this was another great experience and this is actually mark when i mentioned that what i this is actually what i was thinking about because here we are meditating but then we also in these core courses were learning english for one month they were it was a block system the next month we would do math the next month maybe we would do some physics but and, and the whole day was just submerged in only that topic so you weren't having to tweak your brain every 45 minutes and go to the next class of something different but at the root of each of those sciences they took us down to the consciousness level they they took us They showed us how in in English literature, for example, that there had been people who had mm, experienced higher states of consciousness, perhaps briefly, but they would write about it for the rest of their lives. And in physics, an amazing physics professor, um, he showed us things that, that showed how some of the very essence of what we were experiencing why that was wh- how that was structured in the universe itself there was a lot of emphasis on the unified field which I I will be doing this whole interview in justice if I don't bring that up
0: I'm glad you are because this is exactly what resonated with me so continue please
1: because it, it is this very understanding that modern physics is still dancing around this a bit in the western world but um for a lot of indigenous cultures and certainly in the eastern world there is no doubt for them that there is an underlying field of consciousness that unifies everything um and it is because of the existence of that very field that the work that we did going to other countries and uh, meditating to create um, a sense of harmony and peace in a particular area of trouble. So, it was because of the existence of this very field that that all of this works. Um, because we we were just going over there and enlivening that field in that area. But in the core courses, we got to see why that was. We got to to go down into the physics of things to understand and to learn about superstring theory and. And to see how the universe evolved, um, from an unmanifest state to a manifest state, things that you just don't get in in most school systems. You really don't do you? Understandably, we have to base our things on what we know in the West. The difference is, is that in the in Eastern thought, saints and sages for thousands of years have been having the experience of this. So rather than having a theory, writing about it, proving about it, trying to disprove it, uh, experimenting with it, and eventually maybe deciding uh, in a hundred years that this is truth, in the past, saints and sages knew it from their own personal experience diving into consciousness. And the two would dovetail. I mean, so many of the things that we're learning now and that we're reading about and we know in physics, the ancient Vedic texts wrote about and put down, even though we know that the Vedas are older than six thousand years. They were documented six thousand years ago, and now, just now, our scientists are saying perhaps this is true. So I've seen enough of that over the last forty years mm-hmm. to um, to just be to be very much um, believing in the fact that. There's two ways of gaining knowledge. You can do it outside yourself through experiment, through thought, through mathematics, but you can also go within and cognize the answers to things. And and that's the Eastern way. And that Maharshi's the gift that Maharshi gave us is he he gave us both. He didn't want to just rely on Eastern um, experiences and texts. Um, He also wanted it to be proven in science. So that's what MIU was all about at the time. It was about getting the best scientists, bringing in the, the, the most recent research, and then also teaching us how to have our own experience in consciousness and to marry the two. So whenever we would go to a place, or whenever these experiences were taking place, where we were trying to change the collective consciousness of an area, we, we were made sure. We, I guess Maharshi made sure. Whoever was doing this, they made sure that there were there were scientific tests that were being performed, that there were statistics. They would look at things like the stock market, mm. and to see something that, that, of course, is is not subjective at all. It's it's very, very literal. We would see that when people gathered together in a certain group doing a simple technique that the stock market would go up, the crime rate would go down and we reproduced this around the globe so many times over and over again that it really became irrefutable and so that, that is the main thing that I really wanted to say about that education because we it was from both sides we we had the we had the learning that we all get uh from the sciences and from the arts but then we got to learn about ourselves and learn from the state of of, of a higher consciousness to dip down in there and actually experience some of these things so it was Marshi used to talk about two hundred percent, so that's kind of a, a good a good way to quick way to explain it. Like a,
0: like meaning a hundred percent from the, the Western or scientific yeah. view and then hundred percent from the consciousness yes, spiritual it, it, side.
1: Yes, exactly. I exactly. love that I love that. So um, it was an amazing thing because once you have an experience of something, you don't doubt it anymore. you know you can maybe have a debate about how a scientific test comes out but when you actually have the experience of something um, you know no one no one is going to ever convince you that an ice cube isn't cold anymore so um anyway
0: well what types education. of so what types of um course like did could you get full degrees in in a number of course of curriculum in this school oh yeah a- a- and school? again
1: uh, this was in the past i know that it's now the maharshi uh, a uh, management school or university.
0: M- M- U- Maharshi University of Management is yes, that what it is? Yes. M U
1: M. And so I can't uh, speak about it now. But while it was uh, Maharshi International University, yes, it was a full uh, like four a four-year year college. Yes, okay. Yes. But and when I was there, everyone started with the core courses, and then they. They would divide off and, and pick the topics that they wanted to go into in into more depth.
0: And so, like like tra- traditional universities, they would have like you could get could you get like um, your sciences and and yes. arts. Yes, yeah, they I had know that some people have had gone arts, through for the they arts. They had
1: business. Um, I don't, you know, I I don't know all the schools sure. and all the degrees, but they, you know, they weren't set up for a law school or right. Or anything like that but they they, um, and many many of the graduates actually went on to to Harvard to Yale to, I can imagine um, at that time because it was such a a new and exciting experiment to have staff faculty everyone practice Transcendental Meditation um, the, the teachers came from all over the United States they really wanted to come wanted and teach be there because they thought this is so cool I have students now who are alert and lively and really care and really want to learn uh, as much as I can possibly teach them and you know it it does go hand in hand of course we have a body and um, our experience (laughs) in meditation unfortunately uh, in some ways is is um, partly um, influenced by the the condition of our health so most of us uh, were, were, you know, we were eating vegetarian food, we were being careful, yeah. we weren't, it was not necessarily a party time yeah, at this imagine. university because um, our physiology, it, it became very clear to us that our physiology was an important part of, of um, our state of consciousness.
0: So yeah.
1: I think that was probably also very fun for the professors to actually have his students awake in the morning when they were talking
0: <laughs> I bet and alert like you yes, said and alert aware and
1: aware yes and there was um, there was a high school and a middle school and oh, a really? elementary school that eventually was was also started there as as many other things and of course I haven't been there since 1992 so um, other people could tell you a lot more of the things that I know there's a dairy there's a super radiance dairy where they're using ancient techniques for raising the cows that make sure that the milk is as as full of um, nourishing qualities and life force that is possible. Wow. Um, and, you know, something very simple like not taking the cow away from the mother, but letting her lick her calf while yeah. she's being milked, changes her whole hormonal system instead of a cold dairy and... and and not knowing where her calf is and so some of these things as well as beekeeping all sorts of things were going on there
0: it sounds almost like another almost like another planet and so far yeah. advanced <laughs> in like the integration of, of knowledge and wisdom and spiritual and physical what an opportunity that you had
1: yes the, and the yes. people, who've and, and have the people who have gone there have had and you know and, and and the other thing that's going on at the same time is you're learning about yourself. And there are not many places that allow you. and Yes, you can learn by the school of hard knocks or you can Which learn by taking... Which most of right? Yeah, <laughs> yes. But it's, it's a slow road. Yeah. And that tends to make you embittered often or it, can. Or, or it can. I mean, sometimes you, you end up leaving some of these circumstances and seeing that, oh, life is hard or, oh, men do this to me or, or women are so difficult or this teacher did that. But, um, if you're growing in consciousness, your ability to see beyond that and, and hopefully see your own role or participation in, in any, um, circumstance, it, it it helps stop the blame game and it just again as you're expanding your consciousness um, it just softens everything so you you just uh, you end up having um, an expansion of the heart
0: well and and it almost sounds like you know having the guru which the Maharishi was the main guru and then him teaching all the professors how to teach and how to help students you know, having someone walk with you along and and help you go through those experience in the right way, is beneficial, right? Instead of like you said, on our own, we don't have the the wisdom to understand what's really happening for most of us, and so we don't we don't get that guru ha- holding our hand.
1: No, no, it's it's true, and you know, I, and again, in the early days, I know there were, it I, it was not a utopia, but um, but the thing that always happens is you know, once you come back to yourself, you sit down, you have your meditation, things just get rectified. And Marshy was really, he really tried to have us understand the role that stress, and not the kind of stress we're even experiencing today, which is like super stress. Yeah. <laughs> but but this, the this stress of average everyday life, the toll that it takes on our awareness, by just taking little chunks of us on a daily basis and making us be less flexible in our mind and less open in our heart. And when that takes place, over time, we just close off. We, we close off to people. We close off to beliefs. We become very stiff, which, of course, we can see so much in our world today. People being closed off to each other, closed off to other beliefs closed off to even their own family and sometimes even closed off to your own self and that's all just due to the the stress of life and and just whittling away at your your consciousness and um, when TM is involved, when there is a a practice um, that doesn't happen or it doesn't happen as quickly and so I guess I'm just... I just so wish that um, more people... I remember Maharshi said that... the I, He said in the past... I, I was a teacher, a transcendental meditation teacher. After
0: you went through, this, through the, the I university? I learned there, actually. Okay, to t- um, teach.
1: Well, it, it's quite a process, actually. It takes I can, several I know, months. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's
0: very in-depth.
1: <laughs> but the first phase was at, was at the university. But I eventually became a TM teacher. Um, but what Maharshi had told us and I always think about this even now all these years later he said that in past civilizations where consciousness was higher that there weren't TM teachers there weren't teachers that taught meditation or this or that that the mother would just whisper the mantra to her child
0: sure that
1: it was just a known way of living in society that that the child just needed a vehicle to, to transcend daily life to go in to touch on their higher consciousness, release stress and come out refreshed. And again, more open heart, more flexible in the mind, um, and just a, a long, long and better life. And so, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that one day we can uh, have something like that, you know, hitting more of our societies. Uh, I, I see that you know we're looking at mindfulness now and and i'm hoping that that all of this will lead us as a society to understand we we're not we're only living half a life right now we
0: really are and you know especially you know living in the west you know we kind of took a a different road yes, we from did. the east yes. and and i think about that all the time and that's why your statement really resonated with me we leave so much on the table by only you know focusing on the intellect and the the knowledge and we leave the spiritual aspect of ourselves on the table, which is so valuable and perhaps the most valuable yes right
1: yes and 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 I'm going to go out a little bit on the limb here too, and just for anyone who's listening, spirituality and religion in my mind are two very different things, and you can be very religious and not be very spiritual, you can be very spiritual and not be very religious but For me, spirituality is a relationship you have with your own inner compass, your own soul, your own own God, because there are so many ways that God manifests for people. And that's the other beautiful thing about a meditation, a transcendental meditation anyway, um, is that bit by bit it slowly can lead you to a very personal relationship with your higher self um and so you haven't your inner guidance is turned on yeah your inner compass and i think more than anything in the world today i see so many everyone they they have no inner guidance right and so they're so easily led in, into different um beliefs in different areas that perhaps aren't doing them um any benefit
0: yeah well and it seems like and I've seen this in my own life and I see this like you probably do too you know we're we're letting the mind the the monkey mind lead us <laughs> everywhere yes and we find that it's never-ending it's a constant state of anxiety it's a constant state of what should we do next and doing and doing and doing and that's what's so great about meditation is that it it severs that link even momentarily which then becomes more and allows us to be more fully who we are and it's so powerful yes
1: beautifully very beautifully put mark it's so true and and again i mean that's why i just wish um i i wish more people would understand um the limited life that they're living right, right now. Right, but you, don't don't. you don't know what right. you don't know, Exactly. And, you know, and that's the thing I finally ran up against is that you don't know what you don't know. And a lot of people think they're very happy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you're just thinking, no, I, I don't think you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which isn't right, of course, right. to we judge like that. We ourselves, right? But we do. We do. And we think that, well, yes, I'm very happy. I have a husband and my children are in school and they're doing well and uh, we're making more money and and we have um we have some pretty low criteria
0: right the bar is kind of low it and is so pretty we, low we get over it
1: yeah but but we do not realize that like you just said we don't know what we don't know and so yeah but I think that we can see through the incidences of sickness and suicide and opiate abuse none of these things would be there right if we were fulfilled
0: absolutely because yeah. those you know people i think those are at the extremes people searching for exactly you know i guess wholeness and peace and they yes. find it in those things yes. which is the obviously a negative way to maybe momentarily gives them that sense but I think overall it's more escape i'm not escape. sure there's
1: much wholeness but G- it is a good point good yeah. point
0: yeah. it's
1: escape and maybe mon Maybe momentary peace, but it, it would have to be a shallow one absolutely and uh, so yeah, and so we're we're I don't know i I, I feel like we've come to we've come to a, a real extreme in the on the planet and in some ways I think that's a pretty good thing because it, I, I agree <laughs> I think the pendulum is going to be swinging back
0: yeah well it, it almost seems like that you know You know, I I really think that inside human beings is a wisdom that even we can't break and that will ultimately integrate us, like you've mentioned, with the good things we need, even though we're going to try to go and find it in other ways. And so I I think that like you, that sometimes we have to unfortunately crash and, and to get up and go, well, that didn't work, right? So you really kind of had... Two, you know, you went to the University of Utah, which, incidentally, I went there, too, and graduated from there. <laughs> really? It's oh, a, my gosh. So, you had kind of two educations. The, the University of Utah and then yeah. the MIM at the time.
1: MIU.
0: A- MIU, excuse yes. me. Yes. So, you, you, um, your experience there, what did you do after that? You mentioned you went and did some group meditations around the world. Yes,
1: yes, at the time, and then this would have been the 80s, and... Um, at the time um, we we Maharshi had, had Maharshi is, was a physicist he, his training was, oh, at, was, he was really? in physics Oh was he
0: really okay I, didn't, I did know that okay yeah.
1: and 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 um and he kept all of our training very secular we this was not a school where we talked about god although I did take a comparative religion class now that I think about it mm-hmm. but that was it that was the only thing he kept everything very much that could be proven by science or that was on the way to be proven and that that was for everyone you know that you didn't have to even believe in a god for transcendental meditation sure. to work because you don't it's physics it's 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 just the way that the human body is made and the way that the universe is made um so the thing that um Maharshi had told us and we started to practice was that instead of teaching or instead of trying to teach all the people in America or Israel or wherever to learn Transcendental Meditation owing to that wonderful law in physics that it only takes a certain percentage of um, let me say molecules vibrating in a certain way to change the rest of the body of molecules to to entrain themselves to that new vibration so this was what we called super radiance and two domes two big circular buildings were built at miu one for the ladies one for the men and twice a day we would go into those buildings rain or shine i have to say it is very cold in iowa at times imagine. at uh, six thirty in the morning and um and we would go in and practice our, our programs. And we would do it not only for the benefit of ourselves, but for the super radiance benefit of what it was doing to the collective consciousness of the United States. And it was a, it was a radius. There was a, a measurable radius of effect. I mean, again, this is physics. This, sure. is, this is not an intangible or an unmeasurable thing and so um when a certain number of us which would approached about 1800 i think of us meditating in the domes we we were affecting we were affecting a large we were affecting the entire population of the united states for sure sure and we were aiming towards the globally towards the whole world and um so for a long time, years and years, we tried to keep the numbers in the domes around two thousand of the of morning and evening people meditating. And um, other people found out about this. and the first thing that i I did, the first time that I found out about it 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 was more than meditation. there's an advanced uh, there's an advanced meditation called the TM Cities program so this gives a little extra supercharge to your ability to touch the unified field. So those of us who were what were called siddhas, people who had learned this other technique, mm-hmm. we um, we were called on, if we were interested, to go to certain places in other parts of the world to practice this, and thus create some super radiance effect in those parts. And my first assignment, the first one I signed up for, was um, unbeknownst to me uh, what was going on there, but it was in Thailand. So there was a group, uh, there was there was many of us, hundreds of us from all over the world, because Transcendental Maharshi taught TM all around the world before he settled.
0: Oh, so he traveled before and then settled he in He did,
1: from f- I think 57 all the way through until MIU was established in the early 70s okay he was teaching in england in india in brazil in all over so there were there were teaching tm centers and tm teachers in all all parts of the world okay so um and then then they went on to make other teachers and, and things like that so in thailand there were hundreds of us and many of us um i was not there I was actually uh, I was actually got to be on the beach
0: (laughs) oh really (laughs) yes
1: Um, I was with couples at the time I was with a couples course but there was a men's course and a woman's course closer to the Cambodian border and we were there for half a year wow and we just did our program and in between we stayed on our campuses on our in our buildings for the most part and uh, just practiced our very long programs and had meals and walked on the beach and got up and did the same thing seven days a week
0: so the same thing you were were doing it in Iowa same thing we we're doing in Iowa just in just the over domes. there so you so yes. you what so the source the, of the radius was more pronounced in Correct. that area to heal, heal the consciousness Correct. there
1: and um, it was until we got home that we found out about the killing fields and we found out what the Khmer Rouge w- was doing to the Cambodian people and so um, I wanted to emphasize this because sometimes, because people have a wrong idea about meditation, they think you're going and saying peace, 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 or happiness, happiness, or, or having good thoughts about something, and it has nothing to do with that. You as a meditator no, you aren't. you aren't purposefully thinking any thoughts. Right. You have a mantra, you have a sound that takes you to a more subtle state of consciousness. That's all we were doing. We were just exciting the unified field thusly influencing everything around us and had we known what was going on i doubt any of us could have very successfully uh reached a a place of of that is that beautiful place of bliss and peace of the unified field because horrible horrible things were taking place and again we only found out about them later so um but um hopefully we did ease and change the experience of many of the Of the people in Cambodia who were crossing over into Thailand and making that region have it be more have it be less less stressful less terrible and horrific for the people who were living and experiencing that cleansing so the next assignment um, this was a fun one because Ferdinand and Marcos Ferdinand Marcos and Ferdinand and his wife uh, Imelda Marcos Um, heard about us and hired us (laughs) hired us to come to the Philippines and this was about in 85 because um, the Marcoses had taken over the Philippines and a lot of the Philippine people felt that they had um, that they were involved in the assassination of one of the other people who were running for president at the time Mm -hmm. and uh, that was Nino Aquino and he was assassinated. People blamed the Marcuses. The year after his assassination, they were supposed to have marches in the streets and they promised a bloodbath. So we arrived there a month before this time and started t- teaching um, some of the school children transcendental meditation. And then most of us were again just doing our Super Radiance program. Again, not really knowing why we were there yet. Right. And uh, we stayed there for three months. But uh, at, during the election, the headlines read, not a drop of blood was spilled. Wow. So it, it worked. Yeah. And then after the Marcuses were kicked out, um, Corazon Aquino, Nino Aquino's wife, then became president of the Philippines. So, um, a, again, a very profound experience of, of seeing that. And we got to see the results a lot more clearly there because you know the newspapers we were right in the city we were right in Manila so you knew kind of
0: the potential for what could happen we did not, we only
1: saw what happened after the effect because we really did not, we were not told
0: so you're not reading the news we're not not necessarily, well it it was in
1: Tagalog so
0: Right, C- couldn't read it. So it wasn't. So yeah, but, but you again, yeah. just doing your 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 practice. Just doing our thing. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Just doing our thing, and then some of us were teaching. Some some of the people were teaching some school children. Some of the Catholic schools had wanted to to be taught. Now, <laughs> there came a point where the cardinal, the Catholic cardinal, in the Philippines. um thought that this was a bad idea oh really yeah and um I, I always laugh at this because his name was jaime sin so he was cardinal sin which uh. if you were catholic <laughs> is, is kind of a funny thing but uh, eventually he asked the marcuses to get us to leave because really but we were done we had already done our assignment sure. so it was fine we were there for three months so again a wonderful experience um we were in Washington D.C. several times. They I, did super radiance. Yeah, and, in and that's the study
0: that that I I've read about. I have done some, a little bit of research on that. But tell us what happened there and what they were doing.
1: Well, again, I I cannot uh, tell you much of the detail. I was there. We weren't told what we were doing, but I know that they did. Again, in our country, um, we we could get more more scientists and be more clear about it and this is something that penny and probably michael demick they would have all the statistics and be able to really tell you i I was just a uh, just a a worker bee (laughs) and Mm -hmm. i just went there and uh, meditated and did uh, the super radiance program um a couple of times.
0: Uh, so, so how? what was the period of time that you were there? Just a few times? or
1: Yes. We, the, we, the, this one, instead of months long, was just a couple of weeks.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think that's probably the most, at least that I'm aware of, the most, um, I guess, well-published study of the... Yes. Uh, and you called it coherence. Talk about what that is exactly. Did you use that term when we were in our prior conversation that it created a co- coherence in the region?
1: yes you know that's um that's a term that we use sometimes um and again you know it's the collective consciousness of any home community state nation is the sum total of everyone's consciousness and it can be quite chaotic and sometimes, given the nation or the situation, it can be quite fearful and, um, and there's no coherence. Yeah. And so as you're meditating, um, and as you're enlivening the unified field, a coherence can come over the collective consciousness so that there's less chaos. And again, we're talking in pretty esoteric terms here. Um, right now. But, yeah, but it's but good for physics, people like I exactly, say, to know this. In in physics, um, in physics we you know, you, you can see these things very clearly in chemistry and in physics. And I'm gonna just say this one thing because I, I, I love this. I had a little bit of chemistry but i remember that when we were trying to take one substance and turn it into another substance you poured just a little bit of the catalyst in there and then there was a big fizzing up and the substance became very agitated and then coherence took over and it became another substance like
0: alchemy type yes you -hmm. could say
1: it Or chemistry or chemistry (laughs) excuse me yes yeah (laughs) yeah so no mystery there no mystery there and so that again is a great example of what's literally happening when you get a catalyst 3000 people let's say in the Philippines enlivening the unified field it's enough to change the chemistry of the collective consciousness so that coherence can dominate over the chaos of the collective consciousness. Wow. So people wake up and they just feel a little more peaceful, a little better. And I don't know about you, Mark, but I notice like on Thanksgiving mornings, Christmas mornings, sometimes in our own nation, when we have these celebrations that aren't one of shopping and chaos, but where everyone's home, they're not, you know, they're not hitting the road. They're not worried about this. They're not trying to get to school. They're they're just, everyone is, is peaceful. They're waking up in the morning knowing that they don't have to go anywhere, that you can feel the difference in society. You can feel the difference in that community. Christmas morning feels way different I agree. than, you know, Monday morning, the average Monday morning. Right. And there are people that are really working on this now. There are... Um, it's, I think there's something called heart math that they actually are trying to get sensors up uh, around the whole world to measure consciousness. Wow. And they had a few sensors up and functioning, not meaning to catch 911, but they were up and functioning during 911. And it's just remarkable what, you know what took place what
0: data what, what they how they see saw the spike or a difference? yes and interesting
1: it spiked just before it happened
0: wow well and, and this is the thing there are, there's such an unseen aspect That's to right. ourselves yes and you know if you're not tuned into it or don't have an awareness of it it just seems like randomness in the universe which is you know which we know that that isn't the case. Yeah. Um, but it, but it, it does fascinating. Say, it is.
1: And really, I mean, at least the way I look at it is we are, you know, that, that saying about um, as above, so below. Uh, it, it's just from whether you're talking about your little chemistry experiment in the lab or your little physics experiment or you're talking about this grand universe, the laws of nature are the same and we are a bundle of energy and we are going to behave like any bundle of energy and when chaos reigns bad things happen and when there's coherence then and then other things take place and our experience of life is different
0: yeah and i'm glad you mentioned that idea about the you know the chaos um outside you know because it really does originate from within it us does. right and then it flows out it so much of the um, solutions that we seem to find are always out there in the world and they never really address what what we ourselves and yeah, our own exactly. consciousness and exactly. so that's why I think the problems just keep perpetuating whether it's the drug problem or the you know addictions or whatever
1: no and that's probably one of the most important points you're bringing up and I think Gandhi was the one that said, be the change you want to see i think and of course it just sounds lovely and you know it's something you want to put on your refrigerator and fluffy but it's actually physics it's physics or chemistry yeah and and so there's no fluffiness about it it's the facts that if we change ourselves then the area the vibration around us the unified field that we're touching is different and our family is different, and when our family is different, our neighborhood is different, and it's physics. Yeah. There's nothing woo-woo about it. Right. So I think that's one of the most important things I want to really get across, is that this is this is real.
0: It's, it's science, like you said, it and is. that's the great thing about TM is they, they do so many scientific studies yes. and research yes. that back it up. I mean, I, I still don't know how much that helps people... Um, like buy into it because I think there's still a lot of blocks. I for some unknown reason, you know, people are resistant to, to a degree, to like embracing it. Um, but I think that's just more of a Western Western culture type of thing. What's your sense on that? That, wow. that people why people aren't embracing it more, even though they've seen the science and they and they've seen the benefits.
1: Well, um, in the early days, millions of people embraced TM. But in our culture of abundance here in the United States um, and in our incredible <laughs> human nature of, of being so eager to get the next best thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that we are always reaching. And um, once something uh, is popular and interesting then it becomes passe, and then, and then the next thing becomes interesting, and the next thing. And those people who actually kept with TM and saw and experienced the benefits, they're still practicing yeah. it or some form of a meditation. But people who were looking for a quick fix um, but didn't actually practice it very long or very thoroughly or very twice a day for 15 to 20 minutes, twice a day, Um, Well, that didn't work. Then it's on to the next. We're We're very impatient people.
0: We really are.
1: And we're people who have... We have an abundance now of self-help and of things... You know, it's like diet. You know, it's like there are so many diets out there that I think... (laughs) The average person now throws up their hands and goes, "Well, I'm not even going to try." It That's is a very so confusing. Good
0: point. It's overwhelming, yes, and people, it is. you know, wh- when when there's too much information yes. coming at us, the, yes. te- the tendency yes. is just to shut down. It is. It well, is. and and you touched on something really interesting, and I want to want to um, have you talk about this. So, you know, most people, it it does take time and, and effort to do TM right you have to do the practice and you mentioned a very good point people want an easy fix and so if if you stop doing the practice just like exercising or eating mm-hmm. right you're not going to get the benefits mm-hmm. so you've seen that uh, in people who have stopped doing the practice just because of of whatever reason then they lose the benefits huh
1: well yes I mean of course you lose the benefits because sure. um, You you probably don't ever lose that wonderful initial experience that you had of transcending. But daily life just keeps washing over us with stress. And so we need to, on a regular basis, take care of that. And our nervous systems can only handle so much. And the thing is that, you know, if people knew what they were. But they were missing. We're talking twenty minutes, right? You know, or fifteen even, um, twice a day. And I and I think, as a society, we've got to be crazy now <laughs> because we are sacrificing everything for this amazing. How much can I get done? How much can I take in? How much? I mean, there. I had just read an article and they said that this article was done a while ago, but they talked about how much more information we were taking in now because of our cell phones than ever before. So, I mean, the stress that we're getting now compared to the stress that I had in the 70s when I started Transcendental Meditation as a student, it's got to be astronomical because now we're worried about terrorists on top of all this you know so so we're it just seems like it's a must like we have to do this because we're not living life we're absolutely not living life we are being lived by life i have friends that can't remember what they did yesterday right and that's one of the things that i've noticed is I'll, i'll go to a talk or i will um I'll go to an event and we come home and the next day or a week after I'm discussing it and they'll say, Oh, I, I don't remember anything that I don't remember <laughs> anything they said, or oh, did we do that? And I still clearly remember it. And believe me, I am not a high IQ person, <laughs> but I'm an aware person simply because I don't have the stress in my nervous system. So when I'm at a lecture, I'm at the lecture and I'm hearing what they say and I can feel it in my own nervous system and I get a lot out of it and I can remember it the next day and so it's like it's like we're on this race in life just a race to 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 intake as much as we possibly can and do as much as we possibly do can do but if we don't remember it and we don't savor it and we're not even present when we are doing it you just have to ask what what are we doing? What right. are you doing with your life? What? What kind of a crazy? Um, I just keep thinking you're going to be like so sorry when you're when you're dead and you look back and you go, man, I really blew it. <laughs>
0: right, I was distracted through life, or I, I wasn't fully aware. My whole life, aware. I was distracted. And, yeah. and we're, you're led. We're led around by the media. You know, yeah. one of the best things I've ever done. And this has a, a negative side too. But one, years ago, maybe two or three years ago, maybe four now, I I actually stopped. looking at the news and the media and occasionally I'll see something as I open up my computer and see what MSN is doing but I'll tell you I don't miss it and and I I sometimes don't know what happens in the world for a week or two before Mm -hmm. I hear it from other people and I kind of have this idea that you know I can't affect what happens there anyway so Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let it in my consciousness and let it in my body because it's just going to harm me Wow, you know that
1: is so beautiful And, and I've gone through periods of time Every now and then something takes place and I want to follow it, and I catch myself back listening to NPR, but we don't have a TV, I don't, so I don't listen to the news so myself So you're kind of in the same boat, yeah. I'm a little bit of an NPR listener uh, from time to time, but um, but yes, if anything big is happening, you can't avoid it. Right. You know? I mean, I'm sure you know all of the big events. You right. know about the hurricanes, you know mm-hmm. about the shootings and all of that, but... The thing is, is that it, if you, just like how we were when we went to the Philippines, if you're practicing your meditation, if you're changing, if you're radiating out through your peace in your heart, you're, you're actually influencing more people.
0: That's a good point.
1: Then you possibly could by, by now also vibrating in that level of fear or concern or anger or the blame game all of those things add to the collective consciousness in a bad way.
0: That's such a good point, Tracy.
1: So you are adding to it in a different way. You are bringing coherence to the collective. And that should be the goal.
0: Well, and, and, and you know, yeah, the, the, the media sends the message and then it gets amplified yeah. by all of us. Yes. And ultimately, you know, I don't, I don't think people are really looking at what's really going on. What is, like is the media's goal to help us or is it their, their goal to sell advertising time? Or, and so we think, well, I need to know all these negative things, and the reality is we really don't. No, we don't. And, no. I, and the fact that, that staying in your own lane and doing your own practice is more beneficial than getting on board with the crazy train sometimes yeah. is so much more beneficial.
1: Yes, yes. I, I wish sometimes that we could develop we as a people, as a race could develop some sense of clairvoyancy. Because if we could see the fields we're creating, if we could, like a handful of people, see the anger that falls off of us when we're repeating something that a candidate says or or, or an injustice that we believe is bad, if we could see how that goes in to the collective consciousness that is that we are, we are in this soup. We are in a collective consciousness soup. And if we could see how we're influencing it, we would stop so fast right. with all of our emotions and our practices, but we cannot see. We could feel a little bit, and we can certainly feel uh, you know, how, how we feel and the peace we have in our heart, or the fear. And I have so many friends that are in so much fear from listening to the to the news right and um and you know um it's not doing anyone any good because of course once something is in the collective it's available to all so that's the other part that i think people don't understand you're not just putting things in the soup but you're tasting the soup at the same time. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, we are the soup. And we we're are all the connected. soup. Yeah. And
1: so, um, so really, uh, oh gosh, it's, um, it's just really important that, I think that everyone has some sort of a practice. And, and I really believe that some people through their church or through some, some other practices can very much establish a sense of centeredness and of peace. The part that I love about transcendental meditation, and I'm going to just stop myself for a second and just remind people, it's not meditation. It's called transcendental meditation because a meditation is done with the mind. And as you know, as a practitioner now, the mind is taken along for a ride, but this has nothing to do with the mind. This has to do with transcending it from time to time during the practice to reach the unified field and to reach that state of the unmanifest. There's not a lot of things that do that. There's not a lot of meditations or a lot of churches that can actually do that. But it is in doing that that you actually get to release the profound levels of stress and change your nervous system. And that's the thing that, you know, maybe you saw those Charts that showed with many of the meditators when they were plugged in, when they had the electrocardiogram and the electroencephalogram. I've seen the brain
0: charts, yes.
1: And you can see that you literally go into another state of consciousness. So I think it's wonderful that we have these mindfulness practices and we have some people are aiming in that direction. I I still um, treasure this ability to reach the state of the unmanifest field uh, of the unified field, because it's there that I can influence and make a change to my world and not just maybe make myself feel a little more peaceful for the day. Yeah. And so that for me was a really important thing. I, I think since I was three years old, I wanted to change the world. I wanted to help the world. I remember that. And, um, and I, and and the wonderful thing about this is that you're doing yourself this amazing benefit right, Health it's a win benefit win. all those others yeah and there's not many things i've found that that give that back that give give things to that degree
0: yeah and and i you know cuz i've i've looked in places too i think people um, like us were searching for ways to you know feel better and be mm-hmm. better and live a better life and i and nothing has come close to transcendental meditation even though i've had some amazing practices yes, and yes. amazing techniques like you said it 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 just transcends the mind I, I sometimes think that we we let our minds do so much for us and we forget that hey our mind is just a tool mm. and we're we're so much more than it and so much beyond it but again in western civilization the mind is everything right and it it's is. it's the end all be yes. all which it's a great tool but when we let it drive us mm-hmm. it, it can become a curse.
1: That's so beautifully said because one of my other teachers had said that that it's like a donkey and you're supposed to be riding the donkey. Your mind is supposed to be taking you somewhere, being of benefit to you but instead you're carrying the donkey. You are working for the donkey. So the mind takes you here with fear and then it takes you here with guilt and then it takes you here with blame. And then you're at an event and it's so busy thinking about the next thing and what you're going to have for dinner, you don't even hear what the speaker says. And so our minds are out of control here. They really are. And especially in the Western world and and probably especially here in the United States. Yeah, And uh, I do think that the media... (laughs) I think, you know, that's how they make money. They've yeah, got they, to they make it They exciting have a motive, you know. They and, they, and
0: they put it under the auspices of, oh, well, you got to know this. <laughs> right, right. And like you mentioned earlier, I mean, we're not really designed to accept every piece of information that comes to us. I mean, it, over, it will overload yes, and, like, blow yes, our circuit. Yes, And that's what's happening. I yes, think people are becoming just yes, exhausted and it's yes. blowing the mind.
1: And, and then the sad thing is then we go the other way you know like people have the after we had the series of um a series of hurricanes um we became I know I did it's like you 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 lose the ability to want to donate and to feel because yeah. you just go I I but I gave I, but I was feeling so bad before right. and I don't think I have much left right and and that's the other thing that concerns me is that that people tune out then you know and there are things we need to know
0: there really are yeah Mm -hmm. there are you know like you said I mean I think that the benefits of transcendental meditation are just part of the like the the self-help or the improvement movement and it's all mixed in even though there's like the gem in there there's some gems in in that stuff but because people can't accept all of it They just tune it all out and then try to do it on their own. Right.
1: And I'm so glad you're talking and addressing it and and said that again. You said it in a very good way. I know at our meditation, our last meditation, there was a woman who was uh, talking about some other things. And one of the things that I would have wanted to have said to her is that, look at the science behind some of these other things. Is there a science? Is it just anecdotal? Yeah. Is it just good advertising? And again, my my goal here is not to trounce other things because I think that TM can go hand in hand with many, many other things. I agree. But you want to, if you can touch, if you have a way to easily touch the unmanifest, the unified field that connects us all and the entire planet and change yourself and everything for the better... You might want to go with that one first right. and then add some other things. <laughs>
0: well, and if nothing else, I, I know in my own experience that there was two things that kind of brought me to TM. One, my my constant seeking for, for new mm-hmm. techniques and practices. And two, I definitely think there was a divine message that was sent to me saying, hey, yeah. go do this. Right. Yes. And yes. and so. what what, was that kind of what was your experience other than your you said a friend of yours had introduced it to you well that
1: was it I mean it was just so interesting to me because it was I was totally guided totally guided I will just say that there's all different ways that we come to things and this brings up the spiritual aspect this is what brings up the spiritual aspect because a lot of people um, transcendental meditation was too mm, clinical it was too clinical for them, and they wanted more spirituality and more God and more things like that. And when Maharshi first brought it out, he called it the Spiritual Regeneration Movement.
0: Oh, really? But there
1: was so much pushback with science, and you know, again, this was the '50s, so they were they they, they thought yoga was bad. So of course, TM right. was going to. So, um, so again, being a physicist, he he knew the truth about it anyway. But there's two approaches to this. I mean, it is absolutely spiritually regenerating. And I do believe that our, if we're seeking, our, our spiritual compass can, can lead us to where we need to go. And, and again, that is what happened to me. I, I just felt like I was picked up and put right there, given everything that, you know, that I was needed to, to go on with this. And I never looked back. I became a teacher as soon as I could. I went to MIU as soon as I could. I, I did everything for years and years and years and years um, until you know until I until we moved to this property and it was time more to just live life. Sure. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's fulfilling on a spiritual level, and it's also fulfilling on a physical level, and it also fulfills my altruistic needs. So for me, there's three things are being fulfilled. Um, it most certainly brought me closer to my own higher self and my own inner guidance and Maharshi I love I, I, I love this there was a quote I just read to my friend the other day it's from the Vedas but it talked about he who is established in being in other words he who is who has touched the unified field um who has co- some coherence in their body that that we that the laws of nature unfold for you and and what it just really means is that you know, we all see people who are lucky or we have days where it's the right timing and we're just there and someone calls and blah, 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 and all these things work out. And that's because you're living more in a state of coherence that day. You're tuning into the laws of nature where things are and your desires are being fulfilled automatically by the laws of nature. And that's the way we should be living life on planet yeah. Earth. And it's right there in the Vedas, you know, saying that that's what's going to happen once you establish yourself in, in being. And Maharshi used to call it the support of the laws of nature. And and maybe that's been I, I your love experience. That. It, so. Yes,
0: it has. And, and more and more it is becoming, you know, I, I I love that you shared that because more people need to hear that. Because everything they want is right there once you align. Um, yes. I, I um, think about... It's told a little bit differently, but the similar sentiment, Carl Jung's story of the rainmaker who puts himself in harmony with heaven or the divine, and the rains, the rains come, right? But we think we've got to do more and pound it out, and, and it's, you know, more action, more effort, more right. struggle, no, and we're no. just more out of alignment right. the more we do that.
1: And the indigenous cultures knew that, you know, yes. they were going to hunt the deer, so they became the deer. They started to vibrate with the deer. And then the laws of nature supported them yes. to find the deer. So, so yes, we 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 who think we are in the pinnacle of civilization are are have a lot to learn. I'll we just really put do. Put it that way. We <laughs> really
0: do. Well, Tracy, I really appreciate you sharing your experience with with us about TM, and um, I, I know a lot of people are going to get a lot of out of it. So, thank you.
1: Okay. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for asking me.
0: Well, that concludes this episode of Enhancing the Human Experience. It was a real pleasure talking with Tracy about her experiences with transcendental meditation and having her share some of the uh, some of the experiences that we don't often get to hear about specifically traveling around the world and performing group meditations with large groups to create that coherence in, in universal consciousness or collective consciousness. Absolutely amazing. And thank you again, Tracy, for sharing your experiences with us. So until next time, all the best, health, wealth, and success. Bye-bye.